Hello. Hi. Welcome back to our wonderful family Bible study show again. All right, let's get into it. Okay, we have a very special and then wonderful topic to share this time. Uh, the continuation of our relationship uh, digest for the month. Today we're going to talk about coping with stress and crisis. Mm, coping with stress and crisis. In life, you, you have stress. Sometimes crisis. Stress in life, what? Well, it's not a smooth road or true. No. You know, even the Christian life, God did not promise us that everywhere will be smooth mm. and all that. But in everything, we should put on joy, happiness, and all that. Uh, so we're going to talk about coping with stress and crisis, most especially in the marriage. Mm. You know, uh, some older couples would give much, you know, like much details about. Uh, how their journey has been for 20 years in marriage and 30 years in marriage and all that. Uh, but it's very good for us as younger couples to understand and prepare ahead of time. Am I? Yeah, so you should just expect that there's going to be stress. You know, it's kind of like having a rainy day fund. Mm -hmm. Preparing for those things that, you know, are inevitably going to happen because yeah. we live in a fallen world. We live in a world where it's not perfect. It's That's not right. a utopia. We don't live in a perfect world. Um, utopia is not perfect. And <laughs> people are not perfect. <laughs> exactly. People are not perfect. That's no. a very big and, one. Like. You know, you're getting in a relationship where you're around someone 24-7 some days. Mm -hmm. um, and you see form. everything, mm -hmm. you know, behind closed doors, yeah. sort of speak. So you should be ready to know how to cope with those challenges and those crises. That's right. You know, knowledge is power, you know, they say. And you can only find true knowledge in the Word of God. You know, preparing ourselves to understand how to manage stress and how to manage crisis. I believe and I see that a lot of people really don't manage uh, stress or uh, crisis very well in life. You know, that is why some uh, unexpected things really happen, mm -hmm. you know. So, um, we're going to talk about that today, and then we're going to read from First Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, mm. as though some strange thing has happened to you. Yeah, uh, uh, le uh, let me share that from N. LT version of the scripture. Can you read that? Dear friends, don't be surprised that the fire fiery trials that you're going through mm. as if it's something strange that was happening to you don't be surprised <laughs> you know indirectly saying be prepared for it yeah you know don't be surprised yeah don't get your feelings hurt when some kind of difficult situation comes about yeah you know sometimes something happened and you begin to cry like i don't expect this would happen how do <laughs> i thought this thing would i thought you know this marriage would go fine i thought everything would be fine no <laughs> you know for people that would behave that way shows that they have not really taken time right. to really understand how life is and then some possible things that will happen even as you are going along in your marital life or journey. You know, yes. it's better for us to really have a basic knowledge. It's called foundation. Like you have a foreknowledge of whatever things, whatever crisis, whatever stress, and know how to deal with it yeah. according to um, uh, the Bible, according to the scripture, according to what the word of God says. Let's say, and I would say during the first year um, of marriage, um, 
will be the hardest because you're really adjusting to married life and even like before. Yeah, the, 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 just like what you want to say, you want to talk about this. Uh, the first few years of the marriage is a time of seeding. Mm -hmm. It's a time for you to seed your behavior, yeah. seed your patterns, see, seed the way you do things. You right. know, If you do it wrong in your first few years of marriage, there's a guarantee yeah, you know, that it might not really go well because your first uh, few years in marriage is like the time you are planting the seed. You know, you are, you are really planting your character, your attitude, what you, what you have been up to while you are single. It's kind of like when you get something brand new, like a new car, new pair of shoes, maybe mm -hmm. a new puppy. When you first bring them home, there's not really a shape to them. They haven't taken on habits. They haven't taken on um, expectations That's or right. molds. You know, when you buy a new pair of shoes, as you wear them, they become more fitted and molded to your unique way you step, your unique shape size and shape of your foot um, and it becomes yours and you can see that in a relationship when you're in first married or um, just really starting to get along with your boyfriend or girlfriend that you really don't have those habits in place those patterns um, those kinds of things so he's talking about seed you know when you you harvest seed it's gonna grow into something so what are you investing what are you doing how are you going to make this relationship yours and unique and the daily things you're doing as a spouse um, or as a boyfriend or girlfriend those kind of habits and patterns and and those intentional things you're doing every day those habits are going to make or break your relationship That's right. uh, what you seed or what you um, invest in you're going to get that reward according to how much you're investing, how much you're seeding into it. Well, uh, we might also, you know, flash back to the single life. As single as you are, how are you investing in your life? You know, uh, uh, there's a word I always say before I got married, like, there's no miracle at the altar. The way you place yourself while you are single is the way you'll be as a married man or as a married woman. Nothing changes when a uh, pastor join you together and say, you know, you are now husband and wife. If you are empty, if you are, you know, stupid while you are single, you will remain like that even in the married life, you know. So, so I, think, I think that is why it's more important to invest in your single life, not about uh, you know, physically, but more of mm -hmm. spiritual, mm -hmm. your temperament, how you deal with your husband, how you talk with your wife, how you manage situation, how you manage crisis, situation of things. A lot of things that causes broken homes can easily be solved if we really manage it well. Yeah. You know, we have to be a good manager, like we have to manage things very well. You know, it's not everything that you lead to something broken, you know, there's a way we can be matured enough with the help of the Holy Spirit yeah. to give us an understanding on how to really manage crisis, cope with crisis and cope with challenges, you know. So that's why we are saying like the few years of the marriage is a time that the, uh, the, your, your, your significant others, your, your spouse will see you and, you know, people will be like, wow, so you are like this. You know, but if you don't manage that few years very well, 
the the what to be in their brain or what to be stored in their brain would be all your bad behaviors. Mm -hmm. Because that's how like as a new baby when they're first born, your your brain has these pathways. As you learn something in that repetitive motion, you, it's filing all that information in your brain I like that. and becoming, you know, those in, in you know people that have strokes or what or whatever have you, any kind of trauma to their brain, um, depending on where that is and the part of the brain, it's going to affect how they had that pattern built up. Um, so if it's, you know, how they learned how to walk and they had a stroke and it affected that part of that brain that stored that information, it's going to be gone. You're going to have to relearn it and that's through repetition and so and being intentional and taking those steps. Yeah. Um, as he was, I love the point that he pointed out for single people so many times you're there waiting, being patient, you know, looking for someone and you, I think we ha there's so many unrealistic expectations that, oh, yeah. you know, there will be a miracle at the altar. But I like to ask a lot of single people, would you marry yourself? Mm. Uh, because you're not going to change. Your finances aren't going to change. Prince Charming's not going to come along, mm -hmm. a, a billionaire, and get you out of your debt and um, make sure you go work out at the gym or make sure that you have a better character that you're nicer to people you have to work on that yourself now and uh, be intentional on that right now where you are there's no miracle at the altar and i would go on to say like you know the person you're dating if they're not good to you now before you're married there's not going to be a miracle at the altar there's no tendency there if you wouldn't want to marry them now then you probably shouldn't be dating them you probably shouldn't be you be you should be putting your your foot down and saying no these are my core values these are something this is something that i believe in and i'm not going to put up with being abused or and those are the or what things have you look for you know and those are the things you really that is relationship that is what you have to relate together mm -hmm. with that is what you have to court about you know mm -hmm. you know that is the most important thing mm -hmm. in courting or in a relationship to look out for if you don't see that no matter how you know, he, he or she give you the romantic walls, every nice thing. Yeah. It doesn't always work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So those are the most important thing. Your value. Do you have the same values? Do you have the same uh, belief system? You know, the, the, or the if there's character. even like a character trait that just rubs you wrong, it's going to be magnified when yeah. you get married and you start living together because you're going to have maybe car trouble. You're going to have you know after leaving your family you may think your mom and dad have been hard on you living with them like it's a whole new sure. level sure. with someone that is your equal someone or someone everything. that you know is not going to be like your mom and wash the dishes for you and mm -hmm. fold your clothes i don't know if your parents do that or whatever but <laughs> um you know if you're used to having a mom and a dad there to kind of guide you in life you're gonna have to like adjust to having somebody else mm -hmm. to kind of help you along in that hopefully help you along in that you know sure, sure. you know doing laundry for two you know it's all now for two and how do you divide and conquer who that's does right, what ahead. you know and that's a that's a lot to go through so coping with being busy yeah. like okay we have this thing I want to do but you have a work commitment or or other things you can go on and on 
you know, adjusting to that, that first, that the, is the, it can be stressful. Yeah. Let's just be honest. It can be stressful. So, so uh, how, to, how, how do we cope with that? How do we manage that? How do we cope with stress? And then, uh, uh, I think, you know, number one is, is being respectful of each other yeah, to sorry. cope with those stressful kind Hold of things. On. Before you say, before you talk about us, uh, uh, you know, understanding and all that, I think we have mentioned one of the first things, that is the seed. Mm. Whatever you are, you have to sow a good seed to mm. get the, the good harvest, you know. You can't sow something bad and expect to get something different, you know, yeah. in your character and your behavior. It's, it's very good when both of you are very understanding. You mm. can work together smoothly. But if you, are so, if you have a lot of rough edges and you want to grind yourself, it might tear people out. Yeah. You know, it might tear people. So it's very important for both parties, both, uh, you know, to really have a mutual understanding about everything, about how to relate, about how to talk, what, what to say, when not to say it, what to, it will help a lot, you know. Yeah. It will help a lot. Yeah. It will really I think you can look at it, how to deal with stress and conflict in your relationship by looking at what shouldn't be done you know what isn't good and almost in a sense doing the opposite of that um, me for one when I'm stressed or whatever I almost fixate on that it's hard like I get tunnel vision like I just focus on that and become obsessed to the point where you know I emotionally respond because I'm a person I like to do things right I like to do things correct I don't like to make mistakes. Who does? Mm -hmm. But um, I can take it overboard and and really, um, I'm, I critique myself. I internalize a lot um, and self-reflect on myself so much to the point that you know if something is stressing me, I fixate on it. I can in the moment fixate on it. So in making it this big deal, I need to minimize it, normalize it. I think you know partially you need to know yourself, how you've related with things in the past. Right. What do you think? Well, I think you you arrive with that point. Uh, it's by the help of the Holy Spirit as well. Mm. When we cordially fellowship with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says He will teach us all things. Mm. Sometimes we know some things to do, right. but we don't do them when we have to apply it. Mm. You know, that's when we need the help of the Holy Spirit to help us to really you know put us to the point where we know what to do. And do it at the right time. Yeah. You know, the, the the Holy Spirit factor is very important. He in in, in, in marriage, in, right. you know, in a relationship that union. So we keep your first relationship, you know, with God as the first. Yeah, but you know, and then the the point we make, I want to emphasize on it. The seed. What are the seeds that you're sowing into that relationship, into that marriage? Because the seed will always produce results. Mm. So, like uh, the first few years, determine to sow good seed in your character. Give the your significant other the benefit of doubt. Like no, you know, like act even if you are struggling with it. Make sure you don't show it. It's not like you are not being transparent, but you want to sow a good seed mm -hmm. in your character in what you believe, you know, in those things. Because a lot of people, you'll see them, they would, you know, fall, flash back to something that's happened to, you know, to their marriage five years ago. Mm -hmm. 
and those things will begin to build up if you yeah. don't take if you if you're not careful mm -hmm. so as both parties be blameless like try as much as possible right. to be blameless in what you say in what you do and be very you know uh, uh, be very bold to affirm your love towards each other like it's it's a continuous and it's a, it should be a deliberate thing like yeah. this will work and it will always you know you know so i think um, that is what we would like to share with you the holy spirit your character what you show it is what you sow that you will reap the seed of your character is very important to the out the the the, the output or the the outcome of how you know the marriage will go I think there's so many things that, you know, we can adapt, you know, he's talking about seeds, that's very important, but to go deeper into that, you know, us as women, we're more detailed oriented, um, which, you know, talking about conflict, talking about stresses, um, I believe there's a lot of good ways that, you know, just some common sense things that we can do, let's be a little bit more you know, how do you really deal with stress in your life? How do you deal with that conflict besides, you know, of course going to God, of course praying about it, of course, you know, as he's saying, you know, sowing those seeds. Um, and that is, you know, how you're investing and all that we've been talking about. But one, I would say you got to own it. You got to recognize, you got to take responsibility for your part of the stress. Um, you know, the first... Um, way for an alcoholic to recover is to admit that they're an alcoholic mm -hmm. to admit that you're not perfect in whatever stress or whatever um, conflict you know owning that mm -hmm. um, it says by a, a quote by jo Judy Ford she said couples often become so accustomed to unchecked unchecked stress that they barely recognize it and often overlook the destructive ramifications for that stress. Mm. And it is as if we miss the warning signs and become immune to the signs of stress because it has become a normal, normal part of everyday lives. Um, but the fact is, is that, you know, that stress can build up mm. and you don't realize you it. Don't so first realizing it, what is my stressors? What are those things that stressing that, me out in this? make me flustered that, you know, and you feel your chest tightening or you, you share it, you know, yeah. you don't just hold it back to yourself. You know, you open up so that mm -hmm. the other person would know. Yeah. What and is then, those signs you know, that you start yeah. feeling stressed? Do you yeah. become quiet? Do you start so shutting the, down? Those are the things that uh, now become the crisis, mm -hmm. you know, you know, that cause whatever the crisis, crisis is causing. Yeah. Like by the stress you have mm -hmm. built up over time, you know. And yeah. You and then really, it'll explode. And, mm, yeah, mm -hmm. that's true. So. so do you have, you know, where you can't sleep? You know, recognizing the signs that you are stressed, you know. That's right. So recognize it, analyze it, discover what it is that's really getting to the root, I think, of what the crisis is, what the stress is, and um, doing great self-care as a nurse. You know, they really teach us, you know, to have something in your life that helps you to take care of yourself, that, you know, whether it's unwinding, watching um, some TV or um, reading the Bible if, or meditating, have time just for yourself to go write down things in your journal. To rewind and relax. Yes. Well, to not just constantly, we weren't made. That's why God gave us the day of rest. And I can say in our life that um, we need to know those things that is good self-care, eating good foods. Um, we're holistic beings. God didn't just make us like just 
all we needed was emotional therapy and you know we're fine we need to eat physically well we need to exercise we need to have a good spiritual encounter and relationship with God we, there's so many things that you know we have to practice so good self-care I believe really will help us to have the longevity we need in dealing with conflict because it is going to happen it is going to happen so what are we seeding what are we investing in? What are we planning into ourselves now? Not just spiritually, not just emotionally, not just through relationships, um, through things that just kind of help us to de-stress. That's right. Praise God. Praise God. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is there to also guide us in what to do and how to go about this. Thank you very much. We love you so much. We pray for you in the name of Jesus, that the understanding of the Word of God would, would shred light into our hearts to know how to cope yeah. in time of need, how to cope in time of stress, yeah. how to cope in time of crisis, because the Lord has given us the victory, and you receive that victory today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you very much. The Lord bless you. In really the name you. of the little fish that used to sing on all of our walls, don't worry, be happy. Praise God. God bless. You're welcome to our wonderful... uh... (laughs) (laughs) Another Bible study recorded by us. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) So we've been talking about relationships all this month. Yes. February is coming up. Mm -hmm. You know what that means? I don't know. Is there like a revival or something? You better know what that means. Oh, revival. We are having a revival on February 14th. Oh, <laughs> Valentine's Day. Love revival. Anyway. So, we're going to talk about... We're going to talk about sharing spiritual intimacy. Yes. Sharing spiritual intimacy. Spiritual intimacy is something like very deep and very important when you're talking about relationships uh, with your spouse. It talks in the Bible about how can two walk together unless they agree. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can apply to so many different aspects yeah. of your relationship and of your life with your spouse. Um, and I think the number one is spirituality. Do you think um, praying for one another um, when one is sick or when one is low, you know, sharing that spiritual intimacy, having those deep conversations about Christ um, that make each other better. Yeah, you know, according to that topic that says that it's really, people have to really be together. You know, Bible says, can two walk together except they agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the spiritual level must be, there must be an agreement in the spiritual level of individual, mm-hmm. you know, that would they share the same faith together. Mm-hmm. And that their level of understanding also in Christ is also, you know, am I making any sense? Yeah, I feel like there's a deep fulfillment. Yes, especially when you have that intimacy that is spiritual. Mm. You feel fulfilled more if both of you are in the same page. Yes, absolutely. We're going to read in Ephesians. Yeah, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20, I read, and I build up what am I reading? <laughs> <laughs> Again, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20. And I build upon the foundation of the apostle and the prophet, Jesus Christ, himself being the chief cornerstone, mm. 
The point is being the key cornerstone. Yes. Jesus Christ being the key cornerstone of your life and your marriage. Yes. You know, as two people coming together to become one, Jesus must be at the center of their life. Jesus must be at the center of their marriage. If we believe that Jesus is at the center of our marriage, mm -hmm. it will be the one to lead and guide you. Not you trying to do it by your effort, but in everything you do, you say, God, your will be done in this. We have put you at the middle to direct our path. So there must be a very strong spiritual intimacy. Mm -hmm. in Not just between each other. But yes, but but what? Individually with Christ. Yeah, because when they share, when two uh, individuals share same intimacy, it would be easy to flow together. Mm. You know, like um, you do something, and uh, all what you want to, all what you want is about God. All what you want is about His will. Yeah. And I share the same thing. We wouldn't really have much of disagreement. Yeah, there's less division. There's area less division, for division. exactly. Increases the, unity. Hmm, I think you're right. You're right. Do it you talks about that? Christ being the chief cornerstone. Um, you, you know, know what cornerstone is? Yeah. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> I think I do. Because I know then when we build houses and we have a foundation, there's a corner piece, like a cornerstone, like the. It might be the center of the foundation, but it's more of foundation uh, stops. You have to set it just right so that the rest of the house is built strong and mm. you know it's not crooked, it won't fall in eventually. Um, it has to be so specifically laid, the cornerstone of it. I agree um, it's like the first building blocks of a foundation that um, makes this house strong. We want to build a strong relationship um, as husband and wife or um, in any relationship really and Christ has to be that chief cornerstone. He is the most important um, person within this relationship. Yeah. When two couples are running after Christ and they're goals in life is to please Christ mm -hmm. and to live a lifestyle that uplifts uh, the kingdom of God and doesn't bring it down yeah. you find that unity blossoms and you find that um, two individuals having that like mind you know when the Bible talks about love one another as Christ has loved you you know you're gonna be having the same goals and there's gonna be less conflict there's going to be uh, better resolutions because Christ is going to be the one keeping you guys together, keeping you and helping you become more of that one flesh, that one mind, to where you become stronger. It is very important, mm -hmm. you know. You know, while I was growing up, my dad taught me how to put God first in everything, and I know as Christians we all put God first. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to marriage, we both of us should not and we don't always do that we always want our own will right we always way. come to the point of god your will be done mm. you know she's not trying to enforce something on me i'm not trying to but we are just under the canopy of the leading of mm. the holy spirit like god your will be done and then yes. in that kind of relationship you experience peace you experience yes. joy you experience genuine love you know it's not about anything but about me fulfilling what God said. You know, the Bible says, 
love your wife as Christ loved the church. It is what God said. Apart from the secular view, like a man must love his wife, but this is the word of God that I must fulfill. You know, that's that's that, that is that intimacy that we share. You know, the Bible says, husband, I mean, wife, submit to your. It's not about the 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 the, the word view of submission, but it's about what God said and how we can apply. But when we understand all this, it will make us to enjoy our life, number one, and our marriage itself. Because we share that understanding of God's yes. word. We share that spiritual intimacy too. Allowing Christ to be the bedrock, the foundation, the chief cornerstone of um, our relationship or your relationship and will then, allow that relationship to blossom. Yeah, very good. And you know, something, a thought came to me while you were saying that uh, it will not come automatically, mm. it has to come intentionally right like we are conscious of that like we want the will of god to be done in our day-to-day -day activity we are conscious of the leading of the holy spirit in whatever we do mm. am i making sense giving god glory in our relationship you know and in our daily lives and not pleasing people and yeah and not like saying you are you are trying to do this because of people no right we are doing it because the word of god said so yeah because it pleases God and we want to uplift the name of God and how we relate with each other. And once we uplift the name of God, that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. making In sense, the end, baby. it's eternal. Yeah. Am I making sense? Yeah. We're making sense. Mm -hmm. So spiritual intimacy is, is a foundation. Having one, one goal and it's to please God. What am I doing to my wife would God do the same thing? Would Jesus do the same thing? Let me put it that way. You know, we always say something and we say, oh, would Jesus do this? Whatever you're doing in your secret, would Jesus do this? Yeah. So what Jesus cannot do, you should not do that thing. It's, mm. am I making sense? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I think I'm making some sense, but, but really we just have to have a really uh, mutual intimacy that, uh, that is spiritual. Mm, yes. Yeah, that is spiritual. You can read that. And you don't want to read that. I think we've hit it um, for the most part. Sharing your spiritual intimacy. Mm. Um, a couple that's thriving will have a deep intimacy mm. with Christ first before they can have a deep, deeper intimacy with their um, themselves, their husband or wife. You know, you can't give what you don't have. You know, if you don't yearn for that while you're single, mm -hmm. when you, right. uh, you know, in marriage you be something so different, but when you already share that while you're single, you put God first, and you get yeah. along with uh, someone that has the same value and the same foundation. It means a lot. It, it should make everything easy. It flows. It, it just flows. flows. So you know, easily. So uh, that easy. saying opposites attract is true. You know, we are opposite in so many ways, but I believe that, um, like it says in the Bible, if there's a disagreement in viewpoint that is one of the core values of your relationship, like your spirituality, your spirituality is a core value, what you believe, um, you know, as far as eternal, like, eternal continuum. Um, whatever you believe in, that is a core value that we can't just take lightly. 
Um, it's kind of like, you know, the Bible talks about how um, being unequally yoked. And it's going back to, you know, when before there was cars. I know we don't see, like, you know, oxen going along, you know, two at a time pulling a wagon. Mm -hmm. But that was the um, picture that the writers were using in this sense that if you have somebody that doesn't believe in Christ, atheist, you know, kind of like, whatever I do to myself affects me and me alone, I am the basically the God of my own life, and then you have somebody who believes in God wanting to come together and get married, there's going to be some conflict, yeah, there's going, there's to, be going to be some confusion mm -hmm. um, in deep matters, you know, when a loved one dies, where do they go? When you have children, are we going to take them to church? Are we going to talk to them about God? Are we going to mention Jesus? There's going to be that that conflict that doesn't have to be. Uh, when you make spiritual intimacy, when you're looking for a spouse, one of your core values that you're not going to compromise on. Um, I'm not going to compromise on this. And you can go further like that he doesn't just need to be a believer, but you can go further to say we have to have the same purpose, we have to have the same goals, the same outlook on life and passion that you know I don't have to be dragging you through ministry and wanting to do ministry and wanting to serve God and wanting to go to church like I don't have to drag you along they can believe in God and say they're a Christian but I don't want to be stuck dragging that person around the whole time having to be the spiritual that, leader that really kills a lot of people yes you know? I've seen a lot of people that got married and they are just two different things mm -hmm. even in their belief you know, it's 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 really not a smooth. Yeah. You know, uh, Bible in Amos three three, the Bible says, "Can two work together except they agree? Can two work together except they agree? Mm -hmm. That agreement has to be. Jesus has to be the foundation of that agreement. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. Jesus has to be the cornerstone, just like we have read in the scripture. Here. Jesus has to be the center of it all, just mm -hmm. the way the center of your life." You know, in the center of his, uh, your spouse's life, he would really reside. Solidify. Yes, exactly. So, we have to understand that. We pray that the Lord will bless and help all of us in our journey, in our marriage, in our life. And then uh, we pray that uh, God will unite this church more. When I talk about his church, I mean the marriage. Every family. Yeah, every family. So that we can really bring forth the glory of God yes. in each home. Yes. That's the essence of marriage. So that the glory of God can be revealed. Yes. Not of anything, but to reveal the glory of God. And then, you know, it makes it... it uh, there's something I'm trying to like remember. Like... Uh, the Bible says, let your light so shine so that the people may see your, your good works, works and glorify God in heaven and the Father. So yeah. everything we do, a godly home, a wonderful, peaceful home that is full of joy, we always glorify Amen. God. We always glorify God. So uh, whatever we do or whatever Christian home do, I mean it does, it should reflect Jesus. Yes. They must see Jesus in everything we do because it's, it makes a difference. A quarreling know? husband and wife that don't agree in so many areas, especially such um, big areas like spirituality, 
it really doesn't bring glory to God. God can't get any glory. People yeah. on the outside, maybe that aren't Christians, will look and like you say you're Christians, but you always mm. don't agree spiritually. Yeah. Mm. You're always disagreeing. You're always quarreling on. Oh, do we have to go to church or? Do we have to, you know, go to this Bible study, this ministry, or do we have to pray? You know, um, when you're having that struggle as husband and wife, you know, maybe you're struggling, like, with that. You know, you find yourself, like, one is, maybe once pursued God, like you did, but has kind of um, started pursuing other things, making other things more of a priority. Um, we're going to pray for you Amen. and believe God that He's going to give your spouse a greater hunger uh, so that you both can run harder after God than you ever have before because that brings the most fulfillment, the most joy, um, and that um, intimacy back in the relationship that we so much need to preserve. Praise God. So we glorify God with our life and with our marriage. Amen. The Lord will help us in the name of yes. Jesus. Praise yes. God. We pray in the name of Jesus for every family, for everyone watching, that the Spirit of God will solidify and establish you in faith and in your marriage as well in the name of Jesus. Your marriage be full of peace, be full of joy in the name of Jesus. Yes. You will glorify God with your life and with your marriage in the name of Jesus. Amen. I pray for more unity in life of corpus, more unity in the life of Christians, yes. in the name of Jesus. Amen. We rebuke hatred, we rebuke uh, malice, we rebuke every form of uh, devices of the devil. Then I want to tear you down, tear your marriage down. We destroy them in the name of Jesus. Amen. We pray the blood of Jesus upon our life. We will walk in the truth. We will walk in the knowledge of the word of God as a family that want to reflect the glory of God in this world, in the name of Jesus. my name we pray amen 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 you guys comment um if you have any questions things you want to say go ahead and leave them let us know what you think thank you until next time we love you hello hello so today we're going to talk about relationships um because valentine's is coming up in february 14th and we want us to be well prepared in our relationship, us meaning everybody watching this. It's getting close to Valentine's. The next major holiday is Valentine's besides my birthday, right? Anyways, so we wanna talk about honoring each other and ways, um, this whole month, ways to protect your marriage, ways to make a strong marriage. And so our topic this today is going to be honoring each other. Yeah. Honoring. What does the word honor mean to you, babe? Well, to me, honor is more of respecting and preferring one another. See, and I would as a woman, like that's such a man's answer, but I as a woman would say um, somebody that cherishes me. That would signify honoring that you cherish me you see me as like a you treasure put, you put i put you first like you value me yeah honor means respect honor means respect so what we're gonna talk today alexa what is the definition of honor i already switched it off i was trying to arrange the other thing 
<laughs> Anyways, we ask, we can ask. <laughs> I see what you're doing to me now. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, you guys want to like safeguard your marriage? Get an Alexa to be the in-between person to correct one or the other. <laughs> He's disconnected by Alexa. <laughs> Anyways, incidentally, I didn't know I was trying to arrange something. Sure. <laughs> but what we're gonna talk about today is basically on the scripture, you know. No one is the Alpha and Omega when it comes to things like this. But we all have to follow the scripture. The word of God is the number one. And then everybody have to follow the word of God so that it can, you know, show light to things that we need to know. Mm-hmm. Honoring each other. Romans 12 verse 10 says, Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. Mm-hmm. Can, let's see, wait, I lost my place. You lost your place, wait. <laughs> <laughs> your mind is not here. It is here. I'm just, I need reading glasses, I guess. Be mm-hmm. kindly affectioned one to another mm. with brotherly love. I see. And honoring, preferring one another. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. Kindly affectioned. Like, kindly. That word kindly. When I think of kindness, I think of almost like being long-suffering. Like giving somebody the benefit of the doubt. Um, If Emmanuel messes up and he doesn't do something perfect and I immediately want to just flare up and get stressed and like it's a big crisis or Mm, something yeah (laughs) because I'm just being kind of emotional as a woman um being able to give the benefit of the doubt that you know it was a mistake and being kind like giving the opportunity to mess up the room to mess up and not be like completely just um degraded when you mess up kindly affection you want to talk about kindly affection? affection like you, when you really love someone you have an affection towards yeah, somebody yeah. it infects you um and, you know like an infection it infects you it gets all in your body it gets all in everything it, you know all inside of you when you love someone um there's such a love for that person whether it's a brother-like love like it's talking in the scripture um, as Christians and brothers and sisters in the Lord, that's there, there's that kindred spirit between a husband and a wife. There's that love um, of affection. It just infects you. Mm-hmm. You know, the kind of love that should be established between uh, couples. Is that right? Is that what you're trying to So <laughs> I kind of interrupted her. <laughs> She's kind of mad like... I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read here. It says, "A striving couple intentionally honor each other. Honors. They seek to be devoted to one another. There are two words there: intentionally honors, and the other one is devoted to one another. We are talking about honoring one another. Before you can honor one another, you have to be intentional about it." You have to be deliberate about strategic. it. Yeah, it's not every time that uh, spouses like strategically will... planning my birthday party. Mm. Or strategically planning a date night for me this month because it's my birthday. Yeah, we had a plan. We know where we're going, so we that's settled. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes that can really be like, you know, like 
heartache to the guy like because like me i'm just so straightforward once i want to do this you know and my wife is like can we do this also can we do this also and it's like distracting like ah i'm more I'm really of like the plan. he's so focused and we're gonna I do xyz where we want to go what i'm we more do. of like the one plus one is two but my wife is like one plus one over this minus this plus this plus this <laughs> i cannot afford it i just want to be sure and cover everything well it's know? good to the difference is is, is is good so yeah i'm more of the opportunity like whatever yeah and sometimes i'm like uh like i'm just blessed because sometimes she would come with some other things and thank god i'm a little bit very meek and i'm not i'm very gentle so i just be like yeah. go ahead you know just go ahead and do it and after the end of the day you know she come up with a great result and i'm like i just hug her like oh you're great you're just great that's why i love you mm striving couple intentionally honors each other that's what i'm saying i'm so straightforward intentionally 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 that's a big word that's a big word that's a big word like yeah. it's a deliberate thing it's intentional so they seek to be devoted to one another that is the reference from romans chapter 12 as well mm. the brotherly love to continue mm. And it says they recognize that the key to keeping their hearts open to each other is to view one another as a priceless treasure. Matthew priceless treasure. 6, 21. Yeah. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be oh. also. That's right. You that can that. like be applied to so many different scenarios. Mm. Um, with God, where is our heart? Is our heart with God, or is it with mm, our career, building our career, or is it with building our popularity? Where's our heart? Is it making money? Um, in our relationship with marriage, we can take the scenario of where's our heart in marriage? Is my heart with my husband? Because wherever your heart is, that's going to be your priority. That's going to be the priority. Is your family your priority? Or has your career taken over? That's what I think of, like, where your heart is, you know. You made mention of treasure. So, you made mention of priceless treasure there. Where your treasure is, yeah. there will your heart be. Because also. the treasure is something you value. Where and else to put your treasure like, than in your heart, It's right? just like just like you have, like, $10,000 in your account. Your mind will be in that account. Your mind will be in that money. So it's not. It's it's more about treasure. Like your spouse is your treasure, and wherever once you understand that she is your treasure or he is your treasure, your mind or your heart will be there. That's where your affection will be. The Bible says, set your affection on things above, not on things on head. Set your affection on your spouse. That is how we honor because once I know that she has set her affection on me, she honors me. It will show like, yeah, you honor me, yeah, am I right? <laughs> once I know that she is my treasure and she is, I always say, she is my priceless treasure. Like, you can't buy it, like, you can't bargain it. So, that is where my heart will always be every day. You know, since we've been dating till we get married, I've never for one day not think about you. You know about that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so 
for one day i can't just do without her for one day like not to even think about her so that is a way we can honor each other in marriage and honor is very very important jesus christ god cherish honor so much he said if you love me where's my honor so as couples if you love your your, your spouse where is the honor so honoring one another is very important i think also honoring can be like i'm gonna make sure that i'm gonna bring you honor so i'm watching what i do as a person by myself what i say to you. because what i do will affect you um because of the choices i make so making the choices you know to bring you honor instead of shame. you know shame yeah and by being devoted to you so as a believer those are the things that are the fruit of your spirit must really germinate or be, be seen in our character in our attitude in the way we speak and the way we talk so in conclusion to our bible study we just want to encourage all of you to honor one another in your marriage and your relationships um, as husband and wife in order to grow your marriage we need to honor one another amen, amen. so value each other hold each other up um, give the other one the benefit of the doubt be kind be forgiving um, give somebody the room to make a mistake and namely honor each other value them respect them do things that you know will give them honor Father, we thank you, we give you praise, even as we study your word, that you help us to grow in the grace, to honor one another, and to follow the word of God, and to abide by the word of God. The word of God has a final say. We will abide by the word of God, we will honor each other, we will prefer one another, we would be kindly affectionate to one another, this we ask and we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Bless all of you guys. Love you.